When the leaves turn brown, they come a tumbling down. Remember. Oh, it's autumn. There is a chill in the air and a chill in our podcast coffers. If you like Crisis Twin, consider donating a small monthly surcharge to the podcast that will help support the operating costs and just general good vibes of this enterprise. It's completely optional and you can donate as much or as little as you want, but much like Melissa Leo once said, consider stay warm. Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is a fan favorite an academic, a scholar, a teacher, a leader, a role model, and a Bravo historian who is not afraid to get down in the muck with the rest of us. Welcome back, Alina Mitra. I am so happy to be here, and what a great introduction. I am going to put Bravo historian on my resume because that that is that is the job title for me. It is a marketable skill, these days like I had I mean the when I was interviewing for my internship this summer I bonded over Bravo with one of the people interviewing me it's like a you know it speaks volumes across I actually had the same experience because I interned with NBC two summers ago and Mm -hmm. NBC owns Bravo Mm -hmm. and people on my team were like do you watch Housewives and I was like don't please don't activate me yeah (laughs) Because, like, the thing about Bravo is, like, once you do get activated, it's impossible to not be. And to the point where, like, we do, you know, this podcast has structure in the nominal sense. Like, we have games, we have segments. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to get to the first segment so we can get to the meat of the issue today, which okay. is what you are here to come back to. So Yeah, let's, let's get through it. So yeah. we can- <laughs> let's rush through this podcast. Let's let's get this shit over with. Um, all right, so Alina, it's time for our first game. We are going to play Ring the Alarm. Okay. I am going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and/or ancient history, and you are going to decide whether or not to ring the alarm. No okay. wrong answers, but your choice is binary. You're an expert. You know how to play. Valid. I'm ready. So, first scenario. Arguably the biggest news of the last week, Rihanna is doing the Super Bowl halftime show. Yes, so excited. I'm ringing the alarm. That is the, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I actually thought that she would never perform or make music again it has just been so long and I just thought that she was in a different phase of life now and I was like okay I don't know how you felt about it but So the reports trickled in on Thursday and Friday that Taylor Swift was going to do it. And then immediately those reports were retracted. Right. And I was really excited about that. Like, I'm not, I'm a huge Taylor fan who would not call themselves a a Swifty, you know, like, I I think that's an illness, but the, 
I was really excited for for Taylor mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure who they were going to get that could top her in terms of like cultural impact yeah someone star who's power. never done it before like the cards like it would have been cool for Beyonce to come back and do it considering she has potentially album. three albums worth yeah. of stuff oh, to play yeah. by the Super Incredible. Bowl um but it's too soon and I think she was just too controversial last time but Rihanna that's about it's as big as it great. gets yeah I what I hope in my heart of hearts is that it also means by that time maybe new music will be here I hope so she's been in the studio for six years now and she's teased the album so many times it, it just has good. to be true I I can wait I'm so excited I texted some friends yesterday and I was like suddenly I love the NFL I'm all in yeah I mean I I don't care about the game as much but like the halftime shows have been really good the past few years and like I I just I'm very excited for well I don't I don't know what a Rihanna halftime show is going to look like because I don't necessarily ever associate her with like big spectacle Mm -hmm. um what songs do you want to hear though from her oh wow if you had to pick three that are a mandatory oh my gosh I'm I'm overwhelmed okay I am I am a we found love girly Mm -hmm. I think that absolutely has to be played it's it's just a banger and I, I have no notes it's a perfect song it gets everyone hype. So we found love. Um, oh gosh. That to me should be the set closer. I and agree. It has to, it has to end on we found love. I'm trying to. I also just went back and checked into the archives. Um, your tear the community apart. The last time you were here was we found love versus starships. And, and I picked, we found love or did I pick, Starbucks? you picked, we found love. Okay, good. I'm glad that I didn't um, switch hurt, up on us. Yeah, hurt, yeah. <laughs> hurt myself. But yeah, it it is just a grand song. I'm pulling up her discography now, so I don't miss anything. I also, unfortunately, or not unfortunately, but I know that Rihanna is known for her bangers. But I am someone who loves her slower songs. Yeah, her ballads are great. Yeah, like I don't think that the Super Bowl is the venue for love on the brain, but what if it were? I think it's a perfect venue for love on the brain. Like she does that as the mid set, like I can sing, remember this? Like yeah, I have all these hits and good. I can sing, yeah. Um. So, okay, so then I'm gonna go, we found love, love on the brain. And I feel like can't go wrong with a classic, has to do umbrella, but I wish she would do take a bow instead. Well, she can't do two ballads. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm telling you, like, this is my truth that I just love her slower songs as a sad girl. I do think Take About is, out of her big hits, one of the more underrated ones. Um, it's just, yeah. it's such a good ballad. And like, Good Girl Gone Bad is all hits, even the deep cuts, like Breaking Dishes, all that great, great hits. I think. We Found Love would be on my list of three, two, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. I would put Disturbia on there, too. Of course. Get a little weird and crazy at the Super Bowl. Of course. And I think Bitch Better Have My Money, just to stick it to the NFL. That, I hope she does. 
I was a little surprised she got the job because of how pro Colin Kaepernick she was a few years ago. Like, I don't I know what changed. That maybe I'm just hopeful that the NFL is like changing its tune, but I, I don't actually think that's it. Um, no. But I, I do hope her show does stick it to them. I, I, going back to what you said, I think that she's a wonderful performer, but she's not theatrical. I agree. So I'm excited to see like what the visual components, yeah. the storytelling element will be. Because I feel like Super Bowl shows lately have really, especially last. The only one that was sort of low key in recent years was the, the weekend show. Because yes, I mean, okay. he's not really known for being a performer either, but like, and the songs are great, but the showmanship was a little lacking. I think Rihanna's going to be better than that, but we're not going to get like, I mean, we're obviously not going to get a Beyonce in terms of like spectacle. Yeah, but I, I am jazzed. I can't wait. And I'm Very loving the jazzed. internet content about it. Oh yeah, all the jokes of her like showing up and doing a makeup tutorial. It's Every single one Rihanna is MUA. So yeah. funny. <laughs> Love it. Okay, next scenario. Noah Centineo is playing a lawyer in a new Netflix show. <laughs> I saw this. <laughs> I also think we have to ring the alarm here. And here's why. I love Noah. <laughs> I came in hard with that. I'm yeah. actually committed to that. I do love Noah Centineo. Okay. Is unbelievable to me that he has a single thought in that head how he's going to give lawyer I don't think I don't think he can but Peter Kavinsky he can do he need to we need to rom-com lead him in a way where it's like nice himbo boy next door right and playing a lawyer it doesn't doesn't seem like it's in his range no it really doesn't I just feel like this I mean obviously I'm gonna watch this show but I think they're gonna put him in a pair of glasses and have him say a couple of big words and we're just supposed to suspend disbelief (laughs) it it, it's implausible um (laughs) it is and I I have only seen the to all the boys movies so that's my only frame of reference for him I like it when he does he's very good at being like himboey for lack of a better word and I get that he is tied to the Netflix machine in the same way mm-hmm. that like Joey King is going to be in Netflix things for the next like bajillion years. Like, right. I just watched that. Um, did you see Do Revenge? I, I haven't. I okay. like want to sit down and really, really watch it because the lesbians and the queer women on TikTok or not on TikTok and Twitter have raved about this movie and I want to give it its proper due. It's definitely very fun and worth a watch. I think my main critique with it is there are so, it was so lab designed to get all these people from big shows. Like there's an actor from 13 Reasons Mm -hmm. Why, Euphoria, Game of Thrones, Riverdale, Riverdale. Stranger Things, like in a lot of these like Netflix properties like just keep casting the same people over and over and over again in their stuff and I think a lot of them are not they don't possess the range outside of that like initial thing they get cast in to the detriment of these new projects 
Yes, but that's literally the issue with Noah. Yeah. Is that his range is like nice, sweet jock boy with maybe not a lot of brain cells in rom-com. Yeah. I have only seen him in rom-coms. Like I think he was in one called The Perfect Date where he like either was uh, this could be so wrong but I think he either worked with a coder or was a coder and like went pretended to be like he got hired as like the perfect date for these women and something something whatever they fell in love but he was great at something like that but like a coder yeah, like, yeah. this is not even the first movie that he's been a coder in like I'm now reminded that I have seen the Charlie's Re- uh, Angels reboot that is horrendous but he's in it as a coder slash hacker too I, it does I not read that movie but I didn't realize he was in it but it couldn't have been a big role right or or it was he was like Once the again, love interest to I don't remember what not Kristen Stewart couldn't be no <laughs> those I don't think they would have chemistry and honestly I mean, not just, a pairing at all no um that movie, I mean, that it's just that movie is ill-conceived on every single level. But like, we didn't need a remake, and we definitely didn't need this remake. And it, it, it I saw the trailer, and I was just like, pass. It's a a hard pass. Like, I um, those first two Charlie's Angels movies with like Cameron, Lucy, and Drew, perfect, mm-hmm. perfect, yeah. perfect, perfect. No notes. They should have just made a third one of those instead. I of- agree. I, I think, and also we, yeah, the grouping, I can't even remember who it was with Kristen Stewart, but it was just not a believable group no. gals with like a pre-existing chemistry in the same way. It just wasn't right. You kind of need three famous women to do that too. Like the other two who famous. weren't Kristen Stewart were one not- One was Naomi Scott, name. right? Yes, one was Naomi okay. Scott, um, who's definitely one of those like who's that's never, I think they've been trying to make her happen for a really long time. And it's just I do like, really like her, happen. but it's just not. Well, she was, in, did you watch Lemonade Mouth growing up? <laughs> I did. Yeah, well, she, I did. She's one of, she's in Lemonade Mouth. I know with Haley yeah. Kiyoko. Yeah. And then she was, and then she was in the, in Aladdin. Yeah. And that's real. And then Charlie's Angels and that's kind of, no, I feel like I've seen her around and things since but I just it, like it it doesn't really seem I don't know they put I mean there are always these people they push really hard like the machine pushes really hard like Noah Centineo is one of those people too like he's I think he's gonna be in the new um Dwayne the Rock Johnson like superhero movie whose name I cannot remember off the top of my head but like I that don't necessarily see that being a hit be. Yeah, definitely not. A very specific audience that feels like not his original audience. No. So. Well, good luck with your legal legal projects. Um, uh, and, and I will be tuned in to that. And I, I, I hope he wins his cases. Or- I will certainly be tuned in for, like, this seems like an Emily in Paris that I can actually, like, get behind a little bit, so... I, this is a public forum to share this but I <laughs> I started watching Emily in Paris ironically yeah and now I'm I'm all in and I'm behind it that's what everyone is though like I I'm the only person I couldn't get through the pilot like I just don't I, maybe I need you to, chug have to through power it more. through I think so I just have a tough time powering through tv like there's just so much of it that's fair. I can't 
but maybe I know I feel like I would like it so I don't know I need to I Everything need to give it a chance until it clicks and it's still bad but it's good yeah that's kind of how I felt with like sex in the city honestly when I did my like first time watch through earlier this year like the first few episodes are can you hear that siren okay okay it like calm down um the anyway the yeah I mean sex in the city is bad for like five episodes but like I just knew somehow there's there was something waiting for me on the other side definitely also now the siren is going by me can you hear it I cannot hear it. Okay, good. I think it was like literally on the street. Um, okay, last scenario here. Um, something from a few weeks ago that uh, we did not cover a few weeks ago. Trisha Paytas gives birth to daughter Malibu Barbie Paytas Hackmone. <laughs> Does the governor need to be? Are, are you ringing the alarm? Fall back. Um, I, I am also ringing the alarm here. Wow, triple whammy today. I know, I know, but everything, just sorry. I have so much to say about this. Trisha Paytas, asthma. First of all, I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. Then the content about Malibu Barbie being the reincarnation of Queen Elizabeth. Yes. Rest in peace. Crazy. Rest- mm-hmm. Thirdly, the name Malibu Barbie. <laughs> what? I am just... I'm floored at every single step and I'm nervous for this kid. I'm nervous for the child. I have an unpopular opinion. I think it's a beautiful name. <laughs> like I think I think it is um it's it's not like good necessarily, but there is a it's a perfect confluence of like mother and daughter. Yeah, it's not a good name, but it's a name that makes sense given everything we already know. And I do think it has a beautiful, like, um, I don't know what the word is, like, uh, resonance to it. Like, Malibu Barbie. It flows. flows. It is a phrase that we know very well because it is a toy that is a, a, a popular IP in the market. Like it's it's, it's like if I name my kid Hot Wheels Haskins. Like. <laughs> I just can't. Um, I, I, when I read that, I thought about the conversation Trisha must have had with her baby daddy. I, I don't know. They're really, I, they're, I think they're married. They're yeah. married. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like what what must he have thought about that I just can't because he seems very normal yeah he is I think he's like a entrepreneur finance guy like he's like just some normie yeah it doesn't add up to me but at the same time it perfectly adds up and I'm excited to be along to see Malibu Barbie's journey because I know it will be very well documented well, one of the, um, she definitely has been documenting it a lot because obviously she's Trisha, like she's been with us for 10 years now. I mean, it's crazy that she's like, she is so resilient within the YouTube space. And I don't mean that necessarily positively. She just no, has really she's like, like, really, I mean, she's gotten herself into some very sticky to put it nicely, problematic mm-hmm. to put it as what yeah. it is. And she has a bounced back every single time. Yes. And she she continues to be like actually relevant today like she's one of the few brand name youtubers who 
has even a mildly positive association. Like you think of other people in that generation, like Jeffrey. Or, or... sorry, Gabby Hanna. Gabby Whoa. Hanna is, um, we've not, we have not talked about Gabby Hanna on the pod yet because I truly don't know how to. Like it is. It's I, just, I, where do you even begin? Yeah, like th- the, I s- see her on my TikTok every so often. She pops up in the algorithm and there are like hundreds of thousands of likes on videos of her doing like incoherent QAnon stuff. Like it's kind of weird. I mean, it is kind of weird. It's so weird. I mean, clearly something is going on. I, I never really watched her to its fullest, but I popped back in, I think sometime last year because a separate YouTuber came out with a video. I can't remember being like the issue between me and Gabby Hanna. And it was more than an hour long and I watched all of it. And then I watched Gabby's response to it. And I was like, something is missing. And it's only really devolved, devolved from there. Yeah. I think she is having some sort of episode and has been for like two months now. Like the past two months, she has said some wild conspiracy shit that is like yeah. every kind of blank phobic you can imagine. It's, 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 um, it's, I mean, Trisha's not doing that. Trisha's in, yes. in the motherhood. So, yeah, I'm, I'm also curious to see how, if like maybe motherhood will mellow her out. Or what? <laughs> well, <laughs> no. I, said it, I wasn't sure, but maybe. So I I looked um, just now. Some I saw a headline in passing through a glance of the eye earlier that she is now monetizing the name Malibu Barbie, and it appears that she this is some sort of elaborate like co-founding enterprise with Mattel. <laughs> I don't have, I don't know how. So, so it's not mellowed at, at all. No, I mean, she, she's, she had a baby for content. Absolutely. But that's just, I thought that maybe once the baby was born, she would be like, oh. Well, I wouldn't want maybe to not- stop. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's great content. And I'm going to, as much as I pretend to be above it, I'm sticking, I've stuck around for it. I will continue to stick around. Oh yeah. Like I, she, she has done some insanely problematic things like sticky, bad stuff, but some, she is one of the only funny people I think who's ever come out of the YouTube space, like her and like Emma Chamberlain. And I've, I mean, I've said it before, but I find James Charles charming too, even though he is like, you know, I like we don't like, know what's going on there. We don't know. Like, I feel like yeah. we had a similar conversation the last time I was on the pod. Yeah. I, I mean, I could talk forever about Emma Chamberlain. Everything I do, I do because Emma told me. Yeah. I like use face, the, the face wash Emma uses. I eat the food she eats. I love her relationship with role model. I'm all in yeah. on Emma. And she's really pivoted. Um into being like kind of a high fashion it girl almost in a it way was such that a seamless transition from like content creator to actual like fashion yeah icon. and she hasn't really done anything except be like a personality yeah. um but like I don't know she's she doesn't get into drama she like looks cool being herself 
all of her recommendations are for like lifestyle stuff you can actually use and are like attainable it's not it's not yeah. like she's not trying to be like goop junior right not it's that that's very a very relatable either, like, yeah. even as she as she um like gets more capital l legit I guess. yeah i was thinking the other day about so last week on the pod um Michael Benjamin and I were talking about like how chat shows and like daytime talk shows and like late night shows are uniformly pretty bad these days because no one knows how to like interview people actually it's just celebrities who go on and play games right I think someone like Emma Chamberlain would actually be really good at hosting a late night show and I know they tried doing this with Lily Singh but like I think it would be Emma has like the interviewing prowess, like the like, like she's she's she seems like she'd be good at. It. Like she's done stuff for Vogue before. Like I love her Vogue red carpet stuff, and I actually yeah. really agree. I've not thought about that. Lily Singh's talk show was absolutely insufferable because Lily yeah. Singh is insufferable. Yeah. Um. It's true. But I, yeah. <laughs> but I think I mean again I think Emma is insufferable I think she would do a really good job and I think she has a really good rapport with celebrities yeah and they they all seem to like her but she's also like unfamiliar enough to most celebrities exactly I think at least that you kind of need the novelty of someone like okay this is this random guy like David Letterman like some writer Mm-hmm. who is here I don't know him but he's gonna like grill me about stuff like I think Emma could do that well I agree but she maybe unlike David Lynn or unlike whatever the Jimmy Fallon Jimmy Kimmel she does know to a certain extent what it is like to like yeah. be in these spaces more than these like whatever yeah some men do um and so I think it there is a way for it to be like humorous and also very like real and actually like more than what you said just the games yeah because like the games are just they're not well designed and it's it's just call it a variety show at that point it's not a talk show anymore if you're playing like carpool karaoke yeah bradley cooper yes or the always always exciting like tell me a secret or eat this food okay what did we have to gain from this like yeah they're not gonna tell me the secret no especially not on like something like hot ones where you're too busy to like like putting out the own your own internal flame or whatever like to even talk yeah when you're stupid sweating yeah yeah wow that was a a real a really a really good tangent yeah a great tangent (laughs) I think it's time. That was the appetizer. I think it's time for the main course. Um, so I'm hungry. Let's see. I'm starving. Um, so we're going to move on to this episode's cultural emergency. Alina, what are you rushing to the ER today? Oh my gosh. I'm rushing to the ER because we need to talk about the Aspen episodes of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Thank there you. is so many there are so many moving pieces. There's the ongoing discussion of the Erica Jane of it all because she continues to, I think, to a certain extent, drive the drama on the show. Mm-hmm. But there is the also equally exciting Kathy Hilton tequila issue meltdown. Yeah. What was said when the cameras were off? 
So I just need to say up top that I found that this like three or four episode arc of Aspen to be a massive flop. And I, I was I disappointed that there was no footage. Yeah, there should have been footage to really make it as compelling as they sold it to us. What I needed to see was Kat, was Kathy freak the fuck out at the club. Yeah. Because I don't want to hear Lisa Rinna's retelling of it because it'll be mostly lies. Yeah. I, I, I have found Rinna to be insufferable this season. Agree. I'm not... So just to get like the Aspen situation for those who may not be aware, I don't know why you're listening to a Bravo centric episode of this podcast if you're not, but allegedly Kathy Hilton had a very toxic, shouty, screaming meltdown at a private nightclub in Aspen, Colorado on a cast trip that several of her fellow Real Housewives of Beverly Hills cast members witnessed. Um, the official Bravo party line is that the cameras were not allowed to film in the club because it's a private space and they didn't right. grant the, the filming permits. Mm-hmm. I am confused why the women wouldn't just film on their cell phones, but I also think like what was said was must have been pretty bad. And that's yeah. partially why they wouldn't film it. And the me- and also the meltdown continued then back at Kyle's house yes. with just Kathy and Rinna. And there could have been cameras for that because the whole show was them at Kyle's house. So and yeah, I, it must have been terrible if the cameras were just appalled, too appalled to even turn on. There's no way that Kyle, who has been a victim of home robberies in the past, would not have cameras all over that house. You're like right. ring cameras or something. I I find it hard to believe that none of this was captured, even with like film, because we've seen on other shows like camera, like night cameras being used, like the Dorit home invasion stuff. Like they showed like little footage. Like of course, yeah. Not good. I I really wanted to be team Kathy and to some extent maybe I I, maybe I'm still hold out hope until the reunion for that but the lack of footage and the text to Rinna which Rinna has really proven herself to be an unreliable narrator but I don't think she would go so far as to doctor text messages no I don't think so I I do think Rinna is a fabulist and a shitster I don't think she's lying about this yeah, it, it, I unfortunately feel the same, um, which is sad on two fronts. A, because again, I wanted to be team Kathy and B, because I I don't have to believe anything Rena says, but. Yeah, I, I just don't see any incentive here to lie beyond, like I know all the ladies have a bone to pick with Kathy and are clearly like, I mean, Rena was very antagonistic with her like, Kendall Jenner tequila shilling. Right. I mean, that was like classic shit stirring that she knew she was poking the bear and she was just like, I'm going to do this. But, but I don't think there was, we have not seen any reason why Rinna would poke that bear beyond, I think they're just mad at Kathy for holding out for more money for so long and still just being a friend of like, that would annoy me too, I think, but. I think so too. I think it would, I think Erica sort of alluded to it in her conversation with either, um, 
I think it was with Dorit at Crystal's party yeah. where she was like, the issue is that we all like show our shit and you can't be on this show and not have your shit shown. And I think the women just feel like Kathy gets to breeze in and breathe out film when she wants to, but when things get hard and bad, she's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. She so a theory that I've seen floating around a lot online is that a lot of this footage has not surfaced because Kathy is exercising her Hilton family financial muscle to mm-hmm. scrub it. And wow. I, I'm not, I'm of two minds of this because like that is something she would do. And yeah. there were rumors that she'd issued ce- cease and desist to the cast members from talking yeah. about specifically stuff that had happened. But I don't feel like she has enough money to go up in a legal battle against NBC Universal. I I agree. I think where I am confused is just if it was really going to make it must have just been the most insane fucked up grade ever because at the end of the day what Bravo is going to do is show things that make good TV and yeah they must have just like really felt that whatever she said was so far over the line of even inappropriate. Yeah. That it just cannot be aired. Like they don't really, I cannot think of a time on Housewives that they've shown people saying like, and we didn't even, allegedly the rumor is that Kathy said some sort of homophobic slur. Right. So I don't think we've seen that on Bravo before, um, or at least in or on Housewives. So the only thing that we have seen, which I know because it's I'm rewatching Housewives of New Jersey with oh, and Joe Judice does call a salsa dancer a gay lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> which I don't. I mean, what? What are you to even say to that? You can't. You there's can't. nothing to there's nothing to say oh that is a uh, slur that really only exists in the window from like 2006 to 2011 like imagine calling someone a gay person 2022 it was is so funny and no i mean also bad like don't be homophobic no, but like definitely, yeah definitely bad and you know that was I, I can't remember when when that first season was shot, but I, during the reunion, Andy Cohen was like, that offended me. Yeah, um, and I, I totally have screwed up too because we were just talking about season two of New Jersey, like after, in the second season of Jersey, I know you're on a rewatch right now, so I don't want to like spoil it, but no, no the Epsler is said. Okay. By so, an associate of Danielle Staub. Is it one of the Kims? No, um, oh, oh, one of yeah, I she know. hires goons. Yes, 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 I remember this. Um, well, it, fabulous. It is, it is a sight to behold. Um, I, I that one of the single craziest uh episodes in Housewives history, I think. Um, I have to, so I want to share another theory with you. Okay, I'm ready from a reputable bravo instagram account that has like tea a lot it's called your moms are watching okay okay and 
this is, I'm just going to read this Insta story post. It's a little long, but like, I think it's worth reading. Okay. Here are my thoughts from last night's Beverly Hills. Bravo editing out any mention of Kathy's alleged homophobic slur in the club makes EJ and Rinna and Diana look like insane, overdramatic women trying to take down Kathy and failing. I know for a fact at least two of these women, not Rinna, spoke about what Kathy said about the DJ and the club in their confessionals and it was cut. What was left in to me looks like a choppy, poorly manufactured plan gone awry. Erica mentions a few times that someone powerful, Reed, Kathy, will be exposed, but then each time they cut to Rinna talking about Kathy yelling at the condo about her sister. That is not what Erica, Sutton, and Diana are referring to when they say Kathy acted like a different person. They are talking about her behavior in the club. And Crystal saw the meltdown. She was yeah, there. She did the, see the meltdown. The only two who didn't witness it were Garcelle and Cherie. What we are left with after this clumsy editing is a strangely nonsensical episode. Mm -hmm. No one says what they're actually talking about. It becomes just a matter of Rinna's word regarding the Kyle stuff versus Kathy. And it seems like much ado about nothing. The actual big shocker that night in Aspen that Kathy may have used a slur is left out altogether. No other sites will address the choppy editing and how Erica's confessionals made no sense in the context of what is shown. But what we are witnessing is the pure power of the Kathy Hilton team. Welcome to the new era of Beverly Hills, the Kathy Hilton years. So interesting i do think that they are cutting i do agree with the editing portion of this like they're clearly Agreed. cutting around what's actually the issue here which has been a problem on beverly hills for years now and it drives me bug nuts it's why it's not as good as the first like five seasons of the show i don't think that like i don't necessarily think though that kathy is the one who's gotten all this cut i think bravo just doesn't want to show it um yes I, I think I'm inclined to believe that as well. Something that I was thinking um, as you were reading, and maybe this is a stretch, but it could just be a ploy because if you have the situation, like the post says, where it's Rinna and Diana and Erica Jane versus Kathy's word, and you have no real, you're not answer on who is telling the truth or what actually happened. It could just be a way to portray Rinna and Diana in such a terrible light that the firing makes complete sense. Ooh, I hadn't considered that because that is so we should talk about that too. Like one season wonder Diana Jenkins will not be returning to the show. Uh, this has not been officially announced, but like has been widely reported on. Good riddance, yeah. she sucks. Um, Rinna leaving. <sighs> That's, I mean, that's big news yeah. and she's taking it poorly. Oh, so poorly. Um, she's really lashing out all of her TikToks and Insta stories recently have been about like how distressed she is with the show, like how she's really happy to like take, to take a break in her words. Mm -hmm. But then curiously last week, a report surfaced on Radar Online that she had asked for $2 million from Bravo to be like to continue on with the show mm -hmm. and that they're not kowtowing to that demand okay good but that's not I think that's a cover-up 
Oh, as in like that was planted and she was really the reason was just that she's now an insufferable person. Yeah. It's the same, it's the same strategy that Nini did a few years ago when she got fired for being mm-hmm. like just like a liability. Like it was the same season she like hit the camera guy or whatever in Candy's closet, like or whatever happened on that. But, I had forgotten about that. Oh gosh. But Nini also sued Bravo mm. very recently and they settled out of court like Nini essentially won and Nini has far less money than Kathy does so, so maybe Kathy the credence that Kathy was like legally trying to get this all scrubbed that could make sense I guess I think it does I guess I just I mean, it does make sense that the Hiltons would not want any more bad press after a Paris documentary, which yeah. I didn't actually see, so can't really comment on, but did read about on the internet. I, I did, and Kathy comes off horribly. And I think That's part right. of the reason she joined the show in the first place was but for to like do damage imagery control. Hell. Yeah. And that was really, I mean, it, it was working so, it was working fabulously last season. Here was just this like funny, woman yeah who gets to just bring some light laughter and it all like went completely south in one drunken night and so yeah it obviously has to be removed it's I think she'll be back she showed up to the reunion this year like I don't I don't know what's gonna happen there I don't think Kyle is going anywhere which is like a little frustrating also sorry about all these I know it's okay we I like what do you think about the state of Beverly Hills right now because we talked last year about how good this past season was and like this definitely feels like a hangover season in that we're rehashing a lot of the drama from last year agree um and no one really feels all that likable I'm still enjoying this season I think the past two have been better than what the show was for like six years but this is definitely a step down yeah, I think, oh, sorry. I no, actually, it's okay. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Um, I think it's something that Garcelle and Sutton and maybe Crystal have touched on throughout this season where it's just really impossible to actually achieve good TV when Rena, Kyle, Doree, and Erica will just never take it up with each other and only take it up with the three of them. No. Like the one time there was conflict between that group over the Aspen trip, like when Aspen, like yes. Kyle and Dorit got into a fight. Oh yeah, no, the earrings and oh, Kyle yes. and Dorit getting a fight over Kimasabe, which like- ugh. Yes, and sweet, sweet Mauricio, who's maybe sleeping with them both, just, mm-hmm. just came and put his arms around them and was like, my wives, kiss and make up. <laughs> Mauricio is in a place of like, my wife, like this <laughs> season, he is absolutely blitzed stoned at all times. Like, I yeah. don't know how he is one of LA's most powerful real estate agents. I'm intrigued to see how the, the agency Netflix show will portray him in that and all of it. Yeah, I have heard rumblings and I'm going to smack an alleged on this so like Netflix people don't come after me. I've heard they are pivoting that into, for some reason, into just a Richards family 
show spinoff. Like the girls are going to be in it. Farah will be in it. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know if PK is still involved. I'm sure he is in some capacity, but it's not if just going to be like a real deal. estate show. It's going to be kind of like a, I don't think like Kardashians isn't a good analog, but like a Demilio kind of like. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I do. I do watch and enjoy the Demilio show. And I like the Richards family just fine. And I, I don't want to take anything away from Kyle Richards. I would never do that. But like, I find her within the context of this cast insufferable. I, uh, yeah, I just think that, again, it's just like crazy hypocrisy. Like it's, it's almost impossible to, it's just impossible to watch when you see when you see what's going on. I don't know. I just, the kowtowing to Erica, the, the making excuses for Rinna's poor behavior, just all of it. And I feel like Crystal and Garcelle maybe try to bring it up and definitely do bring it up in their um, confessionals, but it's not like even if they did bring it up, the one, two, three, five of them, four of them would have anything to say. No. Like the the only one who like sort of will break away at times is Dorit. Yeah. But then like sometimes she doubles down so weirdly. Like when like they were getting in when she and Crystal yes. got in that argument about like Erica's earrings. Right. Dorit did not have a leg to stand on and Crystal ate her any- right up. Yes. And it's like to say that Crystal didn't have the facts when Crystal exactly had the facts. I was like, Dari, you just look a fool. Yeah. And it, it, I don't really get why she would do it because like Dorit is skeptical of Erica. Like you can, you can sense and tell that she is. And last season, she and PK, I think were actively making fun of Erica at times for like and being so crazy. A flip just swished this season in her where she was like even if I feel that way I am now like so ride or die yeah it's weird that they've closed ranks even more after last season like you would have thought that even if it's just for the show like they would try to be a little bit more oppositional to Erica and I don't know why they've all closed ranks so hard it doesn't make sense. And I think that's like the fatal flaw that Rena ran into this season and has run into. She is usually so contrarian and so committed to doing exactly the opposite of what the party line is. Mm-hmm. This Erica defense is, it it's misplaced. This is not the kind of thing that she would have done in seasons past. Like this is not the same Rena that we saw take down Denise Richards for absolutely no reason, take down Yolanda <laughs> for, uh, well, I'm not team Lisa Rinna and the Lisa versus Yolanda Munchausen, but like I'm a noted Yolanda Hadid skeptic. So like- I like, agree. I don't think Yolanda needed to be taken, like the way in which she was taken down was terrible. But I would not it be- need to be taken down. I would not be surprised if we- if we in the next 
10 years saw a The Act style miniseries about Yolanda Hadid. <laughs> I mean, there I would are, not be surprised. There are dark things happening in that family. Oh, yes. That I know. That, I mean, Anwar doesn't say anything, but that. Well, I, I shouldn't. After that anti vax thing, I was like, you of all people <laughs> should not be doing this. Yeah. But I think that Gigi and Bella have things to say and like sometimes allude to it Mm -hmm. um like Bella most recently said that she wished that she could have been um brought up more with her like knowing about her Palestinian heritage yeah okay drag drag Yolanda drag Yolanda I I mean this is a pro-Muhammad household agree same here I I I mean in the I, I mean did you see allegedly Jelaine Maxwell hit out on the Hadid farm in Pennsylvania when she was like on the lamb. Oh my god. I that just, was never I confirmed. Mean, so I'm smacking a ginormous <laughs> allegedly <laughs> on that. But like, I mean, it was also like pretty wildly reported. And Yolanda and Jelaine were friends. That takes the br- right out of me. And mm-hmm. I, I don't really want to um get into this so um deeply but i will say that we just need to maybe investigate the situation more with a critical lens um between Yola- a lot a lot has happened at yolanda's yeah. farm in the past few years yeah i do want to i do want to say with regards to her and zane obviously we should always believe women um, yes oh yeah no 100 yes. we should always we're, believe we're always women. believing women we should always believe women Yes. <laughs> no, no, we did. We did. We let what? But I don't know uh, where we go from here. Um, okay. Yeah, how, well, do, so, how do we bring uh, this? Oh, wait. I was going to say this earlier um, about Rinna before we got on the Yolanda tangent. Rinna should not have been fired. Should not have been fired? No, I don't think Rinna, if they were going to get rid of a longtime cast member, it should have been Kyle. Been Kyle, you think? Yes, I do. Um. I think Rin is the only one who really knows how to cause drama on the show. And I don't always, it doesn't make her likable, but I, I think the show is going to run into the same dearth of content content that they ran into in the post Vanderpump years. Without Rinna. Yeah. I think that also, um, Kyle without Rinna is even less interesting than she already is. But Rinna is a standalone and doesn't need any of these women to wreak absolute havoc. No, Um, she will turn against you at the drop of a hat. Exactly. But I will say, again, it is hard. It's just hard to watch her and Erica have these crazy moments where they lash out and are just truly venomous yeah and you have Dorit and Kyle and the honorable Diana Jenkins just sitting there twiddling their thumbs and anytime Garcelle and Sutton anything and Crystal it's like it's like their brain like um smooth brain (laughs) no it is like and it's 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 interesting to me that these the five are, who are usually so savvy about how they come across on camera and to the viewership to the detriment of the show often are so 
anti-Sutton, Crystal, and Garcelle for some reason, mm-hmm. knowing that they are the fan favorites right now. And you would th- like Rena approval ratings have never been lo- lower. Like Erica and Kyle approval ratings have are in the toilet. So like, why wouldn't they want to switch up and try to like, you know, make it a little bit more likable? Like, I agree. And also the, it's all just skin. I think what's so, what is getting more sinister about Beverly Hills is the dark, racist online presence that we're seeing. Um, And it's just, it's taking a bad and dangerous turn and they really need to rejig some things because as it stands now, it, it does sort of feel like it can't go on this way forever. No, it can't. And like a lot of the online response cannot be controlled though, unless you're, uh, you're Diana Jenkins allegedly hiring bots to like right. spam ourselves kids. But like, I think that's always going to be the problem with diversifying Bravo. And we talked a little about this last year when you were on, cause I mean, this mm-hmm. is going to be a problem every season in the Bravo verse. Like these diversification efforts are always going to piss off a very vocal minority of racists in the fan base. Yeah. That hasn't stopped someone like Garcelle from being, I think Garcelle's arguably the only truly 100% likable character I, on the show right now. Her, well, I'm, but I love, you know, I love Sutton. But. I, yeah, I have a real soft spot in my heart for Sutton. And I do really like Crystal. Crystal does, unfortunately, err on the side of boring. Um, yeah. She, she's not really giving a lot or no. anything at all. But she has, again, like you said, really been in Aspen, stepped up. And I hope to see her continue to step up. Yeah. I have a feeling that she... She could have a really good reunion performance in her. Um, I think she'll be back, but- I think she'll be back too. I mean, it really, to me, it does seem like Rinna and Diana are the ones to go, right? I can get behind that. I can because like, and Rinna definitely, you know, if she was going to be fired after any season. It should be this one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think she should have been fired after the Denise stuff because that was just so, so like, personally reprehensible and heinous it was, to me. It but was like, horrible. Yeah. The cons- like, and you could just tell that Denise was in so much pain. Yeah. And it was just like, why not let this go? No, exactly. Why not? And just, like, I mean, Denise did not do herself any favors by lying through her teeth about it. Like, deny, deny, deny was not the strategy to go there. Um, And I did come out of Ultimate Girls Trip with a huge soft spot, once again, from one of the scariest women alive, Brandi Glanville. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. Yes. Brandi Glanville is like a zebra muscle. Like, do you know what a zebra muscle is? <laughs> I have uh, never heard that phrase before. So a lot of my family is from Minnesota. Okay. And the lakes in Minnesota have been besieged for years by a mollusk called zebra mussel, okay. which is an invasive species that <laughs> crust all over everything. They get on the bottom of your boat. They crust on the motor. They crust on the dock. They eat up all the wildlife. And they look really pretty, 
but if you get near them, they they get you. Like they they cross on you. They are they will cross on you, and they are knife knife sharp. Oh god! And Brandy Glanville to me is the zebra muscle, like someone who will just crust onto anything. Yep, looks nice approachable funny you're drawn in like wow what a pretty pretty shell this has but she'll get and then all of a sudden it's just bonkers bananas yeah behavior i didn't watch all i did i think i have a few ending episodes left of girls trip but when i saw her try to repair her relationship with taylor i was like this is not a situation that we actually want to be in no and you're saying is so messy and i'm scared when you you must finish the season because like the redemptive turn that brandy has after that i'm dinner is like (laughs) i did not expect to go on a girl's trip coming out with a deep disdain for dorinda i could see that happening as the wine kept flowing oh it's so bad yeah. But then conversely, I didn't see myself coming out with like a love for Brandy and my true queen, Vicki Gumbelson. I was n- nervous and worried that you were going to say that. And you should be. It's not, it's a very worrisome thing to say. But I mean, Vicki, I think Vicki is my favorite anti vaxxer. <laughs> um, I will stand behind that. I. Th- as publicly out anti-vaxxers, sure. I actually no. think that the uh, Orange County cast is riddled with anti-vaxxers. Oh, like, 100%. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Tamara was too. She just had the wherewithal. Well, Tamara's, I think Tamara did get the vaccine. Like she alluded to it on the show, but Tamara's always been smarter than Vicky. Like Tamara, of course. for of all course. of her like once in a while rageaholic tendencies has always been like, the the bear hug keeping Vicky from truly laying waste to the entire county. Yeah, I. Wow, I, I. Where to even? There's nothing left to say except that I will return to Girls Trip and watch Good. it. You must because there's also like Beverly Hills is about to end. Salt Lake City, I don't think is going to be, I don't think we have anything this season. I thought, I don't know why everyone thought the trailer was so good. I didn't, I didn't get anything from it. The only thing that I'm intrigued about um, is that it seems like a real change of heart from Meredith Marks and all, everything I've seen is um, hanging out with Jen, buddy, buddy, Pally and I just now of all times after she's pled guilty yeah like because they're still hanging out too like they went to see Rose they're still hanging out yeah so I'm I'm a little confused but I agree I don't the trailer alluded to um fighting between the cousins yeah I don't really want to see that no I don't I don't like the family I don't like I uh, I I think Heather is fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, but no one can do no family fighting can be done as well as what we see in Jersey. Yeah. And I just think that we should leave that to the women of Jersey who have mastered the art of feuding with their sisters and sisters in law. Yeah. 
And like, okay. I don't believe that Heather and Whitney truly dislike each other. Teresa and Melissa, they like, hate each other. I think they have been reincarnated across several lifetimes and they are mortal enemies in every lifetime. I agree. There, there are no two women so committed to assuming the worst of each other. Yeah. It's glorious. <laughs> it's it, glorious. It, it's a wonderful TV and it's uh. So excited for next season because I know it, they weren't at the wedding. Yeah. They weren't at the wedding. It, I, like, and apparently we have a really good season of Jersey on our hands. And Jersey's been in a renaissance for a few years now, like thanks to Jennifer Aiden, who is arguably, I think, the best new addition to a Housewives franchise we've had in a long time. What a gal. Yeah. What, she gives she gives with both hands. She really gives with, she gives with both hands. Like it's, it's true. Like she is often very unlikable, but she is very funny, sweet and charming. And also like sympathetic to like all of the stuff with her husband this past season, I thought was like so awful. And I like, I do really like her and her presence on the show, even if I disagree with her. 85% 85% of the, percent of the time yeah I think that Jersey has the perfect balance of drama and heart heart yeah if that makes sense I don't know I I really appreciate I have been team Dolores from the beginning love her I love Dolores love her. I love her relationship with her ex I love her ex I love her kids I love it all and Dolores just, is the Luann of Jersey but in a better way in a more like net positive way like I yeah. love Luann but like yeah Dolor- Dolores is a more bene- beneficent presence than- yes like Luann can descend into chaos very rapidly and that's I love her so much it's, <laughs> like, it's so good oh no but, but like it it Luann is a tragic figure in a, in a way that Dolores just simply isn't yeah the other franchise that blends heart and drama I think perfectly these days is Potomac, which is also coming back soon. And I'm very, very, very excited about. Yeah, I will. My confession to the pod is that despite being a Bravo historian, which I proudly am, I am essentially from Potomac. Potomac. I know, I know. (laughs) It's really shameful. I need to, I think that will be my move after the New Jersey rewatch is to immerse myself in Potomac. I think it's the best franchise running right now and has been for like like four years like the last great season of Roni to me was season 10 the season Carol Carol's last season Carol's Carol's last one yes that is when New York fell and Potomac rose okay season three of Potomac is like three and four of Potomac are two of the great housewife seasons I think I I'm all in and I see I see the content on the internet and I want to be a part of it so you should I don't think you need to start from the beginning though like you can do season three onward and I think you get the exact same experience that you would otherwise great because if I could have I was someone who watched Real Housewives of DC so there's actually no reason that I can't watch Potomac and put anything on my plate. Potomac has some of the funniest women. Like Karen Huger and Giselle alone worth the price of admission, but then like everyone else is, there's not a weak link on that cast. Like it is really well done. So I I am ready and excited for for me. I think we have to move on to our final segment. Okay. What a discussion. We really hit all the topics there. We got everything. Um, I do think there's a way forward for Beverly Hills, but like, 
I don't I'm know. curious. I, I the last thing I'll say is that I'm interested to see um, who they bring on to fill those shoes, if anybody. I think oh, I think well, Cherie's a sure a sure thing. I think that's kind of a. I heard maybe not because she wasn't at the reunion. Yeah, but friends of aren't always like that's mostly true. Beverly Hills or like Faye Resnick, the saint, has never <laughs> wow. been on. Was Sutton when she was a friend on the reunion? I don't remember. I can't remember. That was either. a Zoom reunion, so she probably was for a little yeah, bit. I just don't remember. Yeah, i to say yes. Yeah, I, I need a little more from Sheree. Yeah, I want. I definitely want to see more. Yes, I. I'm. T- I'm gonna. And Garcelle, they need to opinion. like even the deck a little bit. Like they need yeah. to get someone who's gonna be like on the side of the right side of history. Right. <laughs> so like, let's Not get on that side. people in. Um, okay, so we're going to play Tear the Community Apart. Okay. The rules are very simple. I've picked two songs, and you're going to tell me which one is better. Okay. Yay. Here we go. I have picked two songs from arguably the two biggest queer women-led pop groups of our time. Oh, my God. Which I'm song sorry. is better? What I Want by Muna. Or Becky's So Hot by Fletcher. Oh my God. I'm going What I Want by Muna. Yeah, I think this is an easy choice, but explain yeah. yourself, please. I think I'm a Muna stan from the jump. Like, just have only great things to say about this band, have done all my emoting to all of their albums. And what I want is a pop club masterpiece. Great yes. music video, great song great group. What I'll say about Becky's So Hot is that it's really fed the internet in terms of drama. Nothing has provided absolute mess like Becky's So Hot. Exactly. Like songs can tell stories. (laughs) We know this. Yes. But it is very rare for a song to tell a story that is so toxic that it spills over into the blogosphere. And it, from, from every, it hits every insane lesbian trope. Yeah. Perfectly. It's executed so well. No, I mean, it's executed so well to the point where I'm not, I'm surprised that some Gen Z kid on TikTok has not been like, this is why this is so harmful. This is why this is like, well, I'm sure they are because like Shannon and, and Becky have like sick their legions of fans on them, yeah but. what with anything that includes um the monetization of this song with proceeds going to trevor project i mean retro <laughs> it, like, it doesn't get better than that yeah i mean it doesn't and i you know i i think it's a lot of like moral sanctimoniousness for sure like Pop, this is like a fun pop song. I don't think it's like rude to Becky necessarily. Like, no, I do think they should have changed chaotic. her name. Oh, it's so messy. I think absolutely the name should have been changed. I am of the impression. I mean, I am not a musician. I'm not a singer songwriter. None of that. I do think that if I were writing a song about my ex or my ex's partner, I maybe wouldn't want to be obvious about the fact that I was doing so so as in to drop a name yeah 
Like, because, I like, know that Taylor Swift did it, but this is just so different. Like, everyone in the history of music has done it. It's it's just very, um, it kind of does, like, cut out the middleman when you just name the person. Like, that is yeah. audacious and musically avant-garde <laughs> to an extent. Um, but it's also, you know, you do, like, lower that boundary between artist and subject and like you invite consumers in so much more when you lower that boundary and like we live in an era where the boundary between like fan and pop star is like so bad and transparent and toxic like the what I want music video like sort of gets into that a little bit too like I wouldn't yeah. Oh, sorry to cut you no, off. I, I had nothing to say. <laughs> I was just, like, just going to say, it, it moved the excitement. It removes excitement about the song to just be excitement about the drama. It's not yeah. about the art anymore. It's about getting as much information you can about their, it, it's just the monetization of their personal lives. Yeah. Which um, I don't think Shannon and Becky consented to but is objectively hilarious from Fletcher, if not also extremely damaging. It is, yeah. I mean, it's, she raised more ethical issues than I think she was equipped to deal with. And like, you make an excellent point in that it doesn't, it takes the conversation away from the actual music itself, which is mid. Like I listened to the album like this past weekend in preparation for today. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't, I thought it was totally average. Like it's it's about like the same level of competent semi-anonymous pop as like a Halsey album. I ab- I don't think it tells I mean it doesn't come close to what Muna did. With no. Their- the Muna album if you have not listened to it you mu- probably the best don't- pop album of the year. Yeah, Very these close. actually don't speak to me until yeah. you listen to the Moon album. It's it's really, really tremendous. Like it is, I mean, and like the all the videos have been good. Like they just they're great. They put on such a good live show. Like I I, so I was talented. And, and I like their other two albums a lot, but this was such a massive level up. And like I didn't think that they had a true and I don't want to use this word because it's so overused, but like a true like anthemic banger of a song mm-hmm. like that in them. Like they've done, I, I know a place is like, I like that song a lot, but it feels a little pride parade derogatory sometimes to me. Like it's it's really nice and I run to it a lot, but like it definitely is, it's a little chosen family-ish. <laughs> to me. Yes, and I, and I think it, it's been like, the acoustic cover has been redone like yeah. was redone after um pulse shooting and so it, they've like played in to that yeah. um but this album is just unabashed bangers yeah and i think it was good for them to like get out of the major label system they signed to phoebe bridgers's label okay wait i don't know if you saw this Oh it gosh. leaked that apparently the new Phoebe album that's coming out in Q1 2023 is called Paul. Oh, my, I just screamed into the microphone. I'm sorry. I am. Oh. 
I, I'm Whoa. speechless too. I mean, I, I don't think about that. Um, my heart is racing. I, they're like one of my favorite celebrity couples, even though I'm so mad. Um, I mean, that's my man. Like, you, not to be like, I, I'm just complaining about parasocial, but like, that's my <laughs> that's man. My man. Um, no, and you know what? That is actually my man too. I am, I'm actually at a loss for words, which I'm never at a loss for yeah. words. Um, what I will say is that that feels so almost anth- antithetical to the rest of Phoebe's work that I'm a little confused if she can successfully pull it off if true i mean she must be down bad she's I, I mean, well you know what i would i would hope that if i were engaged i would be down bad from my fiance too <laughs> like if you know, he's wearing that chain like he wore norman pe- normal people i would be absolutely down bad so oh, yeah. i understand where it's coming from of course i've looked at paul yeah I, I know what it's about i think she has an album of fun love songs in her too so the Taylor Association, I think, will be positive for her on that respect. Taylor's always been very good about, like, sweeping love songs. I think the internet is going to have something to say about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, talk about parasocial fandoms. Like, Phoebe Bridgers fans are, like, they are, like, barbs with the worst bangs you've ever seen. <laughs> it's, it's a horrible, horrible, They are the saddest barbs you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. And they've cut their own bangs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's devastating. Um, we can say it with love. We were at the Phoebe's Bridgers concert together. We had a great time. Yes, we did. We we had a powerful emotional moment. We, a yeah. series of powerful emotional moments. Tears were, many tears were shed. One of the best concerts I've been to this year, for sure. Like I was, I was happy to have seen seen her. I am gonna be processing this. I just wow. Wowie. Wowie. That's all I have to say about that. And I think that's all we have to say today, period. <laughs> I think before, if we say Barb one more time, uh, I'm going to get swarmed in my apartment. So um, Alina, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today. This um, was a hoot. I always have the best, I have uh, the best time talking with you about this stuff in general. And yeah. it's always it- just so much fun it's a huge treat i can't believe it's been exactly 50 episodes since your last uh, wow appearance, if you can believe it so a beautiful what, full circle a beautiful full circle um if you would like to be found on social media where can you be found i can be found at alina mitra on instagram and i think also i recently changed my twitter handle to make it more professional so let me just check what it is it's also at alina mitra on twitter Oh my God, we love that brand synergy. That's something I, mean, I um, <laughs> would love to have in my in my personal life. But um, unfortunately, you can find me at Twitter at FKPigs with a Z on Instagram at Drew Haskins with Z's and follow at Crisis Strength Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, um, I will be co-hosting with friend of the pod, Julia Gray, Girls Rooms, our new Spotify Live venture, uh, where we recap every episode of Girls. Tonight's episode features the wonderful writer, Moises Mendez. Um, so tune into that at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. That's how that works. Yeah. Okay. So perfect. All right. 
Bye, everyone. Like what you just heard? Go to the show notes and whatever podcast app you're listening to this on and click the donation link.